And here we are for episode 15 of LOI Weekly with no Daniel MacDonald, although we may talk to him, we're, we're deliberating. I'm here with Damien Lynch and as ever on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud and iTunes. Very shortly, we're going to hear from John Caulfield. And after that, we have a very, very special guest, a very, very special player on his day and a very, very special recruit potentially to the League of Ireland. And you'll hear more about that later on. Damo, uh, we're, we're back together again, just we the are. two of us now. And there's no Dan to separate us. Um, we can make it if we try. Can Just we? Just the two of us. You know, can we? You and I. Okay. No dance separate us. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the club maybe close to your heart. Uh, the club yeah. that is bottom of the table at the moment in due course. Every time I come on here, I, the Pats seem to be uh, at the bottom of the table. So I end up trying to defend them. But um, mm. at the moment, it's difficult seeing the, the situation they're in and... Every time it looks like they're taking a step forward, it just seems to go two steps back. So That's exactly it, actually, yeah. And uh, I, uh, you, were, you were talking and going to tell on Monday night uh, last night as we record, or rather on uh, Tuesday night, rather. Uh, you didn't go. I went along to see Bray and Rovers. Uh, very funny incident after the game. Uh, I went with Alan Cawley. Going to have to mention Alan Cawley. It's the, the standard show. mention every week, isn't it? But we were going back. Alan said, I'll give you a lift home. So as we were... Going into the car park, Ollie Horgan and uh, Hegarty were looking for their car, but we walked to the car about 90 seconds later and they were looking frantically all over the car park and they were doing like this frantic lap, couldn't find the car. And we were going to offer Ollie and uh, Hegarty a lift home, but uh, it was just, I don't know. But the game itself, like I was just actually bringing up the Bray results, uh, their last six results 2 uh, 0 defeat to Rovers, 2 all against Sligo at home. Nil all at Drogheda, lost to Bowes at home 2-1, beat Harps away admittedly, and a draw against uh, Pats. I, Demo, Bray were an absolute disgrace last night. I know they, they lost Buckley in the, in the warm-up. They played a makeshift back four. One of the Rovers players apparently said he couldn't get over how much bickering uh, was going on, and that was actually evident. But their performance for a team that we were sort of lauding as these European, potential even champions, was an absolute disgrace. Yeah, I, I always felt that they're going to struggle to be to be in the top three. Um, great start to the season. And sometimes it can happen where you just get the right players together, it kicks off and, and you can go into that spell where you just run off and, and, and games, you win game after game after game. But once it goes wrong, I always try to see how do you react after that bad result? And if it's surprising to hear people bickering on the pitch or that's the last thing you want to hear, particularly in a dressing room like that. But if you look around, there's fellas in that team, you've the Gary McCabe's, you've... Connor Kenna, uh, Derek Foran's been around a bit, Carmore, like there's a lot of experience there, but one thing I would say with them, with the exception of Connor Kenna, who is, who's, who's a great pro, I haven't played with him, they're guys who I wouldn't put my house on to, to go and compete for the full season. In terms of character? Just character, yeah, you know, they, they do well for like half the season, three quarters of the season, but they'd struggle to actually compete in the top, top sides for the whole course of the season. And they seem to have a lot of players out there like that. So I feel, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised at all. I know the last time I was on, you were talking about uh, possibly them finishing second, and I was like, Dundalk will be streets ahead of, of, of Bray uh, at, come the end of the season. So I think they're certainly looking down rather than up, and I, I'm, I, I don't see that changing uh, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, if I said that, I'm going to go completely do an aim and done for you turn here and say I wouldn't be surprised if Bray went in free fall uh, now because there looked to be a serious attitude problem last night, I thought. Uh, Dylan Connolly, who didn't uh, show an attitude problem uh, in the sense that he, he seemed to give his all, but he was absolutely shackled. Um, and he, he just looked like a player, if you were like a, 
kind of coming to the game and our special guest later on was at the game um, but if you were a scout you wouldn't be buying Conley you'd yeah. be looking at the boy Trevor Clark uh, what he's, he's going to achieve he? he's just and we're all, if you want to put a value on him already this guy I think he's only 18 he's so strong looking left foot so much pace and we're going to talk to John Caulfield shortly but his goal last Friday I don't what people don't give him credit for is the little dink he did on his run to give himself space and to put the ball ahead of him and to get that little bounce from the ball that ultimately got him lashing in the top corner special talent he's serious raw ability doesn't he mm. and he's an athlete he gets up and down uh, probably better playing further up the pitch when, when, he, I when, agree. He, when he can get him in that position get him sort of on the ball in the advanced areas now he's, he's excellent in the position that he's coming from the back and, and going through so I think to your point I, I think he's brilliant and Rovers in, in general they've had some good results that the, I suppose their form just worries me with Rovers they're, they're up like winning losing 4-1 winning this game it's very sporadic their results overall obviously a few weeks back they beat Dundalk but I know you had Steve McPhail on last week and I, I like Burke like oh, he, he's a class player you know in the middle so they've got a good Rovers have a good spine of young players but I really feel they need the Ronan Fins and a couple of more in there to just solidify them a bit more because I just find they're a little bit too erratic in conceding goals and if they do go a goal behind or two goals behind I don't really see them recovering but this is the game that I expect a Shamrock Rovers to win if they're anyway serious about finishing in that top three uh, yeah, fort, but there should be a big gap between Rovers and uh, Bray. Yeah, and you you mentioned Finn. Any time I've seen Rovers, he's been peripheral. He's done good things, but he's like you wouldn't notice him. Uh, I was at the Dundalk game. I thought he was exceptional. He bossed the game. He bossed the midfield. Him and McAllister in the middle. So I've seen him on and off. I think he was slow to start. Obviously had the injury. Uh, but when I looked at him versus the, Dun uh, the Dundalk midfield, he was exceptional that night. The, the fin that we saw in European football last year, he looked up for it. So yeah, I think he. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, the defensively, Rovers were quite good last night. But um, you mentioned McAllister, and we're going to get to the Cork game now and talk to John Caulfield. But what, what's annoyed me about Rovers this season is the stupidity of the red cards and. Uh, John Caulfield can go through Cork's excellent disciplinary record and all that, but Rovers have had five red cards, I think, and McAllister's, again, was yes. really in the encyclopedia of idiocy. Like. It was, wasn't it? Uh, Dave, Dave's like that. He plays on the edge. You know, he, he leaves a bit in there. He won the ball, Damo. Like, he yeah. won the ball and then... Stupid, like. But what worries me, Rob, I think their back four is really poor. I think their two centre-backs are, are very poor defensively. Uh, Lopez and um, Webster, I, 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 even against, Ro, uh, against Dundalk... I just felt they struggled and they will struggle for the rest of the season. So I think they're going to be uh, erratic in terms of conceding goals with that with the two centre-backs they have. I think that's a real problem for them. I know they talk about youth and that sort of stuff and they brought Lopez in. I don't think he was the signing for them to, to really spring them forward and be that sort of solid person in the middle of the back four. Um, so I think they'll struggle in terms of defensively, but as of where they are, I think it's, it's, it, the league's getting interesting now, John, isn't it? When you look at it's very much the top three and everyone else below it at this stage. But so. Rovers should be looking for, definitely challenging for third anyway. Uh, they should be. Yeah. They, they, like If they're not challenging for third, that's a serious problem. Something they have. Yeah. With yeah. the wages that they're probably paying to players, they're based in Dublin with the stature of the club. And uh, it was also good to see Sam Bone, who's had you know serious illness issues. He came off the bench. He's a big, big lad. Might develop into a very good player for them in time. And I think he's a lad just to keep an eye out for. They have a lot of players there that are of decent quality, but you know, again, they they, they just probably need need time and uh, young men. They do, yeah. And but I, I, I just, we were chatting off earlier. I think they need. There's a lot of talk about young players. You can only get so far with young players. You do need that 
mixture of a bit of experience in there. The likes of Finn, I think they need an experienced centre-back in there. I don't think Lopez is the experienced centre-back that they need. Mm. I think they need someone else in there. So down the spine of your team, you have a bit more experience. And then I think you'll get more of them young players. Sure. And you talk about the spine of the team. Uh, I was talking to Owen Garvin earlier, and he is the special guest that you will hear from about where he might end up in the League of Ireland, because it certainly sounds like that. And if you're talking about spines of the team, Corks is extremely strong at the minute. And earlier we spoke to perhaps the mainstay of the spine of the whole operation, John Caulfield. John, how are you getting on? Good, Johnny. Uh, before I came on, I was uh, just gone on to odds checker and you're an unbackable price for the league. Is that a dangerous position to be in? Is there any sense of complacency at Turner's Cross? I don't think so. At the, at the start of the season, you know, we, we felt this year that we needed to start well. Obviously, it's been a fantastic run, an unbelievable run in many senses. But at the same time... Um, the lads have done, done, done brilliantly. So, you know, we've taken it week by week. I know it's not a cliche, but you can't do any, anything else. And, um, you know, we'll come to the halfway point on Friday night. So we're in a good position, but a long, long way to go. And, you know, when we, when we go into July and August, you have Europe, you have the FAI Cup, you have the League Cup. So we have three games a week coming up for about two months. So we know it's going to be very difficult and very testing. And, uh, you know, it's it's about trying to keep your form, but you have to take it one game at a time. And that's what we've done. And, as I keep saying, what we're trying to do is when we get into October that we're in challenging for the league and that's what that's what that's what was our aim for the start of the season. Have you kept everyone happy? Because obviously in the last few weeks you have brought in a few players for reasons of um, injuries and others' uh, reasons as well. You've obviously now people who are chomping at the bit to play but can't get into the team and how do you keep them all kind of satisfied? Yeah, well, I think there's a great spirit amongst the lads and great determination and all quality players. And I think the big thing this season has been we've had quite a lot of injuries and suspensions, and well, not much much suspensions, but mainly injuries. And, uh, you know, we haven't had the same 11 uh, week to week as we would have had in other years. And the uh, guys have just come in and flawlessly done their business, which has been which has been fantastic for, for, for myself and the club. But at the same time, um, you know, of course everyone wants to play, but at the end of the day, it's a bit like the player that's, in position holds its place and you know basically if you know if you win one week and fellas come back from injury generally the fellas that, that are there keep their place so that's the that's the sort of the, the, the role that we do but at the same time you know it's it's challenging but I'm sure that you know all our squad are much happy to, in the, to be with the club they're with in the position they're with that maybe be somewhere else and um you know, they're all determined to win trophies and that's a great way for me to, to, to have players like that around the place. Without a doubt. And uh, we'll mention the Rovers game in a moment. Rovers have a lot of suspensions this season, but your own disciplinary record has been good. Absolutely. It needs to be. And, you know, if you have to challenge at all, you need all your players available. And it's a, it's a thing that we, we constantly um, work on. And, you know, if you look at the game last week against Rovers, very, very um, tough game, very physical game. You know, we came out of the, the match again with no bookings. I think it was our AKM this season that we've come out with no bookings, which is a credit to lads. And because uh, discipline is key, you need to keep your players on the pitch and you need them not to, you know, get in, involved or into trouble. And uh, they need to keep focused on the game and because they're, they're, they're very good players. And, and um, you know, as, as a manager, you need um, you need guys to make sure that they, they, they keep their head in there. Thankfully, this season, um, our discipline has been brilliant. Why did you make our overs? Well, it was very good. They've invested hugely. They brought in a lot of big players. You know, you look at Rona Finn and you look at Gary Shaw and Dave McAllister and you know Robert Lopez, 
all these guys along with the players they had, Madden and Trevor Clark coming through and Miele, you know, they're phenomenal players and um so, you know, they they, they expect to be winning trophies and I'm sure their supporters expect that and at the end of the day it's um a situation where we knew it was a very, very difficult game and we knew we'd have we'd have to be ready, you know, and Rovers with the head and scored a great goal and we missed a few chances but we equalised before half time and I suppose, you know, they'll be disappointed. You know, they had a guy sent off after half time which you know, was probably in hindsight Dave McAllister was a silly challenge and um he gave the referee no option. So when it was ten to eleven it's it's always difficult and um we finished very strongly and you know, so but you know, you, I, I suppose when you look at it from the from the outside, you you know, we expect Rovers to be up there and um we know how good they are and it's important that we, we had to play well and hold our head and that we did. Your uh, cosy cartel comment was quite interesting. Maybe uh, a slight element of frustration there that these managers can sort of talk about Cork that are maybe twenty twenty five points behind. But what, what what was your thinking there? No, I just think that you know our league gets criticised and our perception from the outside, people who don't go to our games, isn't the greatest. And I think you know it's time for. I think if you look in the last number of years, you know the league has improved dramatically. The and it has, results, hasn't it? It has improved, and, and and the European results have improved. And I think it's time for us all to come together as one family and promote our league. And I just feel that you know managers need to stand up and start promoting our league and demanding what needs to be done. And we need to put pressure on, you know, people in the FAI to put, put more investment in. We need better standards within the league. We need better standards within clubs. And I just feel that we just need to come together and be more passionate and rally behind each other and, and promote promote our league better. And, um, you know, I don't think it's acceptable that we that, that we as managers accept our club's low standards around the league. You know, there's an onus on, on every club to look after themselves, make sure that the stadiums are, are right, make sure that for away fans, you know, that the grounds are, that they're looked after properly, that they can go to toilets, that can, basic things, can get tea and coffee, there should be large screens in the, in, in the grounds. No, it's known as in all the clubs, and the, you know, pitches should be perfect. And I just feel that you know, too often, you know, maybe managers sidetrack, and you know, they try to have a cut off something else. Whereas you now we need to rally together and promote our league, and because ultimately, um, it's a professional league here. We need to get better. We need more TV coverage, and I think that's that's where we need to put our energy and our our thoughts behind. And uh, I suppose that's that's probably from from where I was coming from, you know, I'm a new manager in the league, I came in four years ago, I followed the league for 40 years, and as I keep saying, obviously I'm passionate about it, but I feel that, you know, let's put our, our energy and our and our, our thoughts into trying to see can, as, as a collective group, because managers have a, have a lot of say in this country, and uh, some, some are very powerful, but they don't seem to say very much regarding the promotion of the league, and, you know, in the bigger picture, I think, ultimately, we need all to pull, pull together and start uh, talking the right language. Yeah, because the the standard and I think the reception that people, um, the, even the way people view the league in the last few years because of yourselves and Dundalk last year and just because the league is a lot more watchful than it was years ago as well. People get the ball on the ground and you certainly seem to believe in the, the main thing, which is the actual product. It's the product and bringing people through the gates and bringing families through the gates. And the onus is still on clubs to do that in their own patch. You know, we do a lot of work down here and so do other clubs. But there are clubs then that don't seem to put the same energy into it. And look, finance is a big thing, but ultimately, you know, TV coverage is poor in this country. Um, you know, we don't have a game on every week like all European countries do. 
Um, our media coverage uh, in the written press and radio press is excellent. But at the same time, you know, there's the things that we can collectively as a group start pushing for and standing up and saying things because, you know, you need to put on pressure to get more investment. You need to put on pressure to get better standards. And, um, you know, sometimes while individually each club has to do its own thing, you know, certainly I feel that managers and certain managers in the country have a lot of power, but, you know, they're not using it to promote the league. And, yeah. and I just think that, 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 that that's, that's needed. But notwithstanding that now, is there a suspicion that Cork City are going to go into this game against the Dock on Friday and be reflective of the fact that a point is a good result and be maybe a little bit negative in the sense that it's just important you don't lose the game and the uh, significance of a free-flowing game for the good of the League of Ireland may slightly go out the window? Uh, absolutely not. We've gone out every game this season, last season, the season before to win. You know, my whole objective and the whole team's objective is to go out with three points and offer. No matter who you play, you go out to win the match. And that's, that's, that's our aim. No different Friday? Team. No different. Absolutely not. No different. We're working on, you know, where we feel that, you know, there's weaknesses in the dog that we can um, attack and we can hurt them. And I'm sure they're trying to do the, 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 the same. And that's just the way it is. How the game develops, you don't know. Um, a lot of games between the two teams have been great games, and there's been, there's been a you know plenty of intention, uh, plenty of intensity, plenty of passion, and and loads of skill and great goals. So, but you just don't know. But ultimately, uh, there's no talk of anything about us going up there trying to get three points because it's three points enough, and we see if we can get them. And um, so you wait and see. As I keep saying, if you're one down with the last minute and you get an equaliser, you'll take that. But you certainly don't go with the plan that. Um, you know, that you're going for anything other than three points. And, uh, and that's always been the case uh, uh, since I've been in charge of the club. Well, you talk about weaknesses in Dundalk, but yet, according to Stephen Bradley, you're not up to the standard that they are at. Is there a sense that uh, for Cork to be maybe fully recognised this season that you have to do something good in Europe because the league has been such a, f- um, a formality almost already, I- even if uh, we're not trying to tempt fate. How important will Europe be to, you, to your sort of reputation and the collective? Well, I keep saying it doesn't matter what other managers say, but I look after the club and what we're doing. And, you know, this club have won two leagues in 35 years. We know yeah. how difficult, I know how difficult it is. To, you know, so, um, you know, we've gone 16 games unbeaten which has been incredible. You know, so time will tell whether our team is a good team or a great team. You know, the results will dictate that, dictate that at the end and we'll have to wait for another six months to see if that's the case. But um, from my point of view, it's it's, it's focused on um, every game. Europe will come along. Europe is, is, is great. You know, does that dictate whether you're a great team or not? It certainly probably uh, helps if you win a, a couple of rounds, but it's very difficult because... Uh, you know, a lot of the Irish teams aren't seeded. Sure. And, uh, so so we, we, we deal with that when it comes to, but in terms of the league, that's what we start out at the start of the year, but at the, at the end of October, we wanted to be there challenging to win the league and um, that's what we've aimed for. So, you know, I know how difficult it is and um, so we'll see what, people think by us at the end of the season and uh, it's a long way to go yet. Uh, we're going to have Owen Garvin on the show as well and he's only 29 years of age and he's seemingly on the cusp of coming back to the League of Ireland. Um, are you, uh, you still looking to strengthen the squad? Obviously there's the possibility of Maguire leaving. Are you happy with what you have? Well, it, it, like everybody else, um, we, work, we work within a very tight budget in the club. Um, you know, we're four on the club, they're the supporters. And, um, Why is it so tight though, John, with all the crowds you're getting? I mean, you must be making plenty of money down there. 
No, because if 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 people you know um, look at the bigger pitch, don't understand that when I took over the club with John Cotter and the management moved in um, in 2014, we were probably the third lowest budget in the league because there was um, a debt within the club that's taken quite a long time to, to, to clear. Is it gone? And, uh, because 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 we had gone through two or three years where the crowds had dropped dramatically because we weren't challenging and. You know, in Cork, if you're if you're mid table, your crowds can go as low as a thousand, twelve hundred people, and uh, we had gone to that stage. Mm. So, um, so it, it was a situation where there was, um, you know, there was a lot of debt in the club, and um, it's taken it's taken quite a bit of time to try and uh, fill that hole up. So, um, and as you, as you're aware, which um, Europe does help, but at the same time, you know, if you look at us every second week, we, our away games, our nearest game is in Dublin. Maybe maybe Limerick, but still a two-hour game. We have overnights in Derry, Van Harts, and and Sligo. So if you if you compare that to clubs in the Greater Dublin area, um, most of them don't have any overnights. Sure, is Garvin you know, the so, type of player so you'd people, be interested so in? Or? Miss 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 that, that the expenses the expenses mm. travelling expenses to run Cork City are the highest in the country. Is Garvin um, the type of player you'd be interested in, though? Owen Garvin's a great uh, great player and has has done really well in. In in England, um, I suppose um, to be owned as a midfielder at the minute, we have um, plenty quite a, quite a number of midfield players. When you look at uh, Bowser, McCormack, Buckley, Carroll Morris, Jimmy Cohan, so it's probably an area that I'm well covered in at the moment. So you're always looking at options, but certainly I won't be bringing anyone in unless someone goes out because I'm very happy with the panel and it's within the budget that we we have down here. Are you already thinking of Maguire's replacement? No, you're always making provisions that some of your players are always on the radar. Sure. And um, so from that point of view, you have to keep an eye look out in case it does happen. But at the same time, as I said, since the start of the season, nothing can happen through July. And uh, But you know, but you'd be foolish as a manager if you weren't looking at other options in case someone was moved on. And that's what you do. And just your last question, and this is this is probably the most difficult question you'll face all day. Um, we had Johnny Dunleavy on earlier in the season, and he said how hard you were trying to get him a girlfriend down in Cork. Any progress at all on that front? <laughs> no. The problem with Johnny, the problem with Johnny, he's probably too many girlfriends. He needs, ah. he needs to decide on one. And uh, but you uh, look at it, 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 it's a thing. You, as I keep saying. A lot of the lads from the outside, you know, they've all moved down here. They can see that it's a phenomenal place to play football. You know, five and a half, six thousand people every week when you're doing well. Media coverage, incredible. But more importantly, they that on the streets around the city and county, everyone knows them. So the real heroes down here. But there is the added pressure that if you don't perform, the people in the streets will tell you that. So you can't hide away. So um, you know, a lot of the lads that have come down or have have moved have moved down which they need to need to and um, you're trying to naturalise them well I, I think a lot of them you know I, I think you, you find over the years people have stayed you know when they've moved down here like yourself you know, uh, yeah so I'm hoping that maybe a few of them will so we wait and see but um, certainly he is he is um, he has lots of opportunities anyway thanks very much John okay John thank you I always love an old podcast <laughs> I'm not actually even sure what he means there about Dunleavy, but I think we can probably surmise that uh, the boy Dunleavy is still single, um, but playing well, scored on Friday, of course, yep. uh, as well as Delaney getting two and their prowess from set pieces again, Damo. Uh, but just to, just to bring up a couple of tweets, uh, I really like this stuff, actually. 
Carl Shepard, uh, I think this was the night of the game. Love it. Four exclamation marks. Big win, and that's where we do our talking and the old emoji that Brian Clough used to affect when a player was playing well. Uh, great atmosphere again. Bring on next Friday. Dooley spoke about the atmosphere as well. And Stephen Beatty, we battered them. Uh, I saw Beatty's. I like that one. 536 likes, which, nice. which is good. Um, okay, we have to talk about the game that was before the game, namely the Rovers media uh, talk. Yeah, just madness from Stephen Bradley. I thought, madness. There's just There was a real air of inexperience there. Why even get dragged into it? You're wondering, did the journalist set him up or something for that? Or, or, yeah, and we should mention that sometimes these things uh, are taken out of context and Bradley was being honest. Yeah. But probably what he said, and just if you don't know, Bradley basically said the Cork weren't, were, weren't up to Dundalk's level maybe uh, quite yet, uh, which I would actually tend to it's agree with. It's a fair comment, ways. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like it's an but he's shown managerial comments. naivety. Yeah, but don't even get dragged into that. If you don't like the premise of the question, just don't answer the question. We had Ollie Horgan on the show before the Go United game, and he spoke of Go United as if they were the greatest team yeah, he'd ever yeah. come across, right? Uh, Comparing them sort of to like Dundalk and Cork in the sense of how much they hammered the Maryland season, and I just had to laugh, but like Ollie knew what he was doing. Bradley did show a bit of naivety. Maybe. And there's a problem with Shamrock Rovers, you can't be too sort of play other clubs up. There's an element of the supporters expect them to be talked up as well, and there's a bit of, let's say it, there's a bit of arrogance there. The biggest club in, in Ireland, a lot of people suggest. But as a manager, you're not having your best season, you're new into the, the role, just don't answer the question because. Mm. You just leave yourself open there. Now, I know Stephen well, and he probably is walking away from that going, I didn't mean that. Um, What's he like? He's a good lad. He knows the game very well. Used to talk and think about the game a lot. Uh, had a certain philosophy from his time at Arsenal. and Like he, a football philosophy? Yeah, he could talk about, you know, the the free-flowing football and how football should be played and all that sort. So I, I don't necessarily believe that every League of Ireland club can do that. You know, there's... Mm -hmm. You look at the Dundalks, the fantastic football side, uh, they get it down play. But you look at Cork, they don't mind mixing it up when they have to, they can go longer. And I think, yeah, Stephen's, Stephen's so early in his career, I don't understand why he'd get dragged into that conversation. So there's a lot of inexperience there. But knowing Stephen from having played with him, I think he'll probably look at that and go, next time I won't get, it, I won't yeah. get dragged into that conversation. And like, as a journalist, obviously, this is something we laud when some manager speaks his mind. But at the start of the season, he was like, okay, we're... You know, we're probably lagging behind our Dundalk, but like I would like to think certainly we're as good as uh, or better than Cork, and they're now 21 points behind. Yeah, yeah. And you look at their, their runner results last week, like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss up, up to last night. It's just erratic, as we were saying. So don't, don't set yourself up. You give them all the plaudits. Cork are the best team in the league. Cork are going to win the league. They're far better than anyone else out there and then go and stick it to them, you know. Uh, yeah. That's the way I would have went about it. We're, we're going to talk more about Pats later on when we look at the fixtures for uh, the weekend, but just go through the results and see, see what you thought of them, Damo. Uh, Finn Harps beat Limerick 3-2 with some great goals actually up in Finn Park. Um, Michael Funston's last home game for the club. Uh, Pats nil Dundalk 2. Go United 1. Bowes 2. Two absolute peaches as well at that game, which I was at. Uh, Drogheda United nil-nil with Derry and Kenny Shields afterwards lauding Drogheda rather than Derry who were coming off a nil-all draw in uh, Dundalk and to be fair to Derry they're now keeping a few clean sheets uh, Cork beat Rovers 4-1 and Bray Wanderers 2 Sligo Rovers 2 now I guess if we can look at some of those games um, 
Galway United losing to Bowes was a little bit worrying, and Shane Keegan, a bit, again, a bit downbeat after the game. Bowes went there. Beautiful goal by the left-back Fitzgerald as well. I was right behind it. And Bowes just eking out results after winning Bray. Yeah, like Bowes, they'll grind it out, but they never seem to just get themselves out of trouble. It's all... At the end of the, the bottom of the table, considering how far ahead Cork are and how boring this season could be if they just keep doing what they're doing, the end of the, the bottom of the table is brilliant. Like, just every week you're looking at it, you're seeing... Pats, where, where were they, mid-table, then they lose a game, they go to the bottom of the table. So, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Bowes eking out the result. Galway, Shane Keegan's a strange style about him, doesn't he? I, I find him difficult to understand just how downbeat he gets after games. I think there's an element of a manager you have to kind of play to that, like play up things and, and be confident. I, anytime I, I had managers, I always like to see if they were confident that passes off onto the team and if they, they put that, they galvanise the team together. So, yeah, really interesting from him and Galway actually has had a good defensive record as well. So, to lose that, they'll be really disappointed overall. Uh, Finn Harps, for me, that, that, jump, that result jumped out of me, 3-2 against Limerick. And Ali Horgan, before he got lost in the car park in Tala, he spoke about Limerick being like, how did they not get a result here? They, they'll go home wondering, Jesus, stop. Like, you know, we, we, you know he's it's just, a great character. He's isn't just he? brilliant. He built up Limerick yeah. to be, but what a win for Harps, really, you know. It's brilliant. Like, and I think we'll, we'll come on to Pats in a minute. Um, but I think as the season goes on, I, I was on here before and we were, I was talking about it. If, like, you don't want to go and play in Finn Harps, it's a difficult place to go to. You don't want to go and play in Drogheda, it's a difficult place to go and get a result. You look at St. Pats, it's not a bad place to go to. It's not overly. Uh, intimidating people don't, intimidating. Mm. People don't get onto you whereas if you're going to draw it's a smaller pitch you can, Pete Mann's style that's aggressive and, and same with with Finn Harps they, you're always the, giving Pete Mann digs every, how's every that time a dig? Like, how's that a dig his style is aggressive and all this like, that's, he was that's smi- a compliment he was smiling coming off the hang pitch hang on a like, second whoa, 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 I, I see whoa, whoa. Pete Mann I, as this kind of like dictatorial I, I'm, autocrat I'm, I'm reining you in on that one that is not a criticism of Pete Mann it's actually a compliment of him because the quality that he Don't had, like he'll Pete get Mann. into the side, is they'll be aggressive, they'll get around, they'll get front foot and they'll get onto people. And that's, that's what they need to do when you're at the bottom of the table. I think the, the thing that's interesting, Finn Harps scoring three goals at home to beat Limerick. That's, yeah. They're banging in the goals at times. I saw um, Neil McDonald was in Tala at the game last night, so uh, he would have been watching um, an appallingly bad Bray outfit who go to Limerick at the weekend. It's going to be an interesting game. But uh, also just to mention, Shells won Cabin TD4 was a big result. At Lone lost to UCD. Cove and Waterford was nil all. Longford Town beat Wexford 5-0, which is fine. Alan Matthews left by mutual consent. And for the first time, we're going to bring Donald Trump into the show <laughs> because he called it fake news. It was mutual consent. Nice. Mm. Fake news. Is he hard done by, uh, or was this purely results based? Um, I, I I don't think Alan should make that comment. I I think if they're you're going to part ways uh, earlier in the year when Limerick parted ways with um, manager that they 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 part ways and it, it was amicable in the end. It, it was to be fair. Um, I I don't think that does anyone any favors. But I suppose demo if 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 it were if it were. Uh, pr- put forward as mutual consent yes it clearly wasn't he has a right to reply you do but listen yeah if he if he feels that strongly about it and i suppose it is news yeah have a comment about it but does it do anyone any help him saying that maybe it's getting something off his chest fair fair play to him but i don't see the point in whinge about that just get on with it, move away from it and, and step back where um, does he go from here I don't know. It's unusual for Alan because he's been around the league a long time. You think in going back there, it's perfect for him. You know, he's had such success there. Um, the, 
even when you look at the Limerick job going to Neil McDonald, there's a lot of experienced people out there. You look at the likes of Paul Doolan, people like that, looking for... I'm, whether they are or not, I don't know. It's conjecture for me, but these guys must be looking for jobs. They're full-time uh, football people. So, I, I don't know. For someone like Alan now, you're wondering what is next for him. He's, he's been in media, involved in media for a long time as well, so maybe he'll look at that. Well, you've that sewn up, haven't you? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Neil McDonald's is one of the guys who's been linked with Owen Garvin. Uh, Owen was linked with a few clubs in the papers today. And it sounds like this interview that we had just earlier, it sounds like he is back in Ireland for good. And if you haven't seen Garvin play, uh, he's a really, really lovely left-footed player in the mould of Stephen McPhail. And I'd be delighted, I have to say, if he were to join the League of Ireland. And judging by this, he probably will. Uh, Owen Garvin, welcome to the show. Cheers, thanks for having us. Yeah, um, you've been in, in England now 13 years, so what's it like being back in Ireland? Because you've been back a few weeks, you are telling me. Yeah, it's okay at the, at the minute, you know, but um, obviously the next step for me is either deciding to, uh, you know, stay in Ireland, play football here, or go, go and uh, try and find a club in England. So I'm still undecided, but uh, now it's good to be back, have a bit of a break and see uh, family and friends, really. Yeah, and you were in Tala for uh, Rovers and Bray as well, so you, got, you sampled a bit of the action. What did you make of it? Yeah, I spoke to like a few managers and they've told me to come out and have a look at the games and see what you think of it. And uh, went out and Bray didn't get off to a great great start. You know, they were two down after 20 minutes and the game was really over after that, you know. But uh, now there were some really good players, obviously. The, the big names, obviously, Rona Finn and, and other players like that. So, uh, no, Rovers played well and on the day and they deserve to win really and is is it a draw to be able to say like that you can come back living in Ireland or are you settled in England um, I think with me obviously I, I, most of my career I kind of played that championship kind of level in the last uh, years playing league two and it was kind of tough to go to some of the grounds because normally when you go over to England you'd be playing in front of 20,000 people and it would be a good buzz and you know that was the reason you wanted to go over and the last year was kind of playing, you know, you're only getting sometimes three, four thousand at Colchester, you know, and I kind of thought, well, if I'm over in England, I want to be playing big games because I'm missing out on a lot of stuff, you know. With football, you have a lot of spare time and um, and obviously you didn't see me, my uh, family or, or friends, so it's, it's a tough decision I'm going to have to make now in the next couple of weeks. And what's your fitness level like at the moment if a club wants to sign you? Um, not too good to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no I've enjoyed the summer but you know you have to you know you only get a certain amount of breaks so you've got to enjoy yourself but as I've been told I was, I was on to uh, Steve McGuinness who works for the League of Ireland I can't play till the 1st of July because of the rules mm-hmm. so even if I do sign for somebody it's still going to be a little, little bit of time and I've got plenty of time to do a bit of training in between really yeah and what happened at Colchester you had, I think 50 appearances um, mm-hmm. and you know decent enough Spell of appearances there, but I think you left in April? Yeah, basically just down to frustration, as I said before. Um, you know, we were, we were actually doing quite well, you know, but I just kind of, kind of one day fell, fell out with the manager, but just kind of got annoyed with kind of the setup. You know, we, we had so many young players, and with the other teams I had, you know, we had a lot of experience, really, really top, top people and top men. And when I was going out to the pitch, with, with some of the lads who were really young with so many and that was the you know coaches want to bring so many young lads through and is that a money thing or was it just that they have a youth policy I think it's both really yeah. you know and I wasn't used to that and it was, it was tough because I think you know <laughs> the main time when I was over 
in England, especially once that culture, so the big thing was the FA Cup because I knew if you played the FA Cup, you play big games, you know, and you get to play against all the Premiership teams. And they, they were the ones I really focused on. And I was looking forward. We played, I think, we played Tottenham the year before, and I was going out. I was, I was really looking forward to it, but I was looking down the line, and you know, there's a lot of lads in my team who are only 17, 18. I could sense the fear in their eyes, you know. And we went out and we, we got annihilated 4-0. And yeah. I was in a bad mood for a long, long yeah. time. I still haven't got over it, really, yeah, yeah. if I'm being honest. It still annoys me to this day. And and that's, that was kind of in my head over the last little while and playing the games in League Two and thinking, if I'm over in England, I want to play big games. And if that's not going to happen, then maybe I need to come back and spend more time with my family. got a lot of nieces, nephews, and spend some quality time with them and also play football as well. And we had a joke about this beforehand, but you still are in your 20s. Yeah, just yeah. about. Yeah, I know everybody doesn't think I am. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because I, I started earlier or been around the block, you know. But yeah, still in my 20s. You now everybody says you're in your prime, kind of. Are you in your prime or how do you feel like? No, I, I, I feel well. You know, f- football is a, is, is a funny game. You know, people will probably s- are telling me now to go back to England. Like, I, I'm confident I would get a club in England. It's just whether I'd be happy to play at that level. What level is achievable in England for you right now? Probably, I'd probably say League One. But League One or maybe go and, go and train and then we'll see what's what. And then you have to prove yourself. But I was kind of saying to the Colchester manager, I said, even if we got back-to-back promotions, we're only in the, champion, we're only in the championship then. That will take two years. And that's if everything goes really well. Well, I'm not getting younger at the moment. I want, want it to happen now. So if I do go back to England, I'll have to be the, the right club at, at a certain level, i say. How do you assess your career? Are you happy with what you've achieved? Could um, you have achieved more? No, yeah, I'm frustrated, really, because I think I can play, still play at a certain level, you know, but it's whether I'm willing to fight, like, fight in for that. Like, I look at other players, like I think it was Keith Andrews and even Steve McPhail, you were saying, was on mm-hmm. earlier. They both started off high, and then I think both of them ended up going down to League Two, and then both of them ended up going back to the Premiership or the Championship. But mm. they went through that spell, and I'm kind of there now, thinking, well, I still think I can play there, but am I willing to go through that? And um, I don't know, don't know the answer to that really at the minute. And the the Irish clubs are interested in you. Can you? Tell us what your your options are, or at least what are you thinking at the moment? Um, obviously, it's going to be a Premier Division club. Yeah, um, yeah. At the moment, like a lot of managers are saying, just come out and watch the games and see what you think. And that's why I went out and watched the Bray and Shamrock, and I'll go and watch uh, a few more games. You know, like obviously I'm a Dublin base, so is it important that you live in Dublin? Well. Um, I wouldn't like to be going too much travelling because the whole point of coming home is spending time with the family. You don't want to be going up and down the motorway and stuff like that. So it's something that I have to think. And no, no one has mentioned like uh, figures or how long of a contract. He just said, listen, we'd be interested and get back to us. And I said, I'll get back to him in, in a week or two, really. Yeah, and uh, would you would you sign for, would it have to be a top club in the Premier Division? Would you sign for, it's a tight division at the moment. Yeah, I think every, when I was talking to Stephen, he was saying there's not much between the points at the moment between a lot of teams. and um, So I think everybody, the perception of football, would say, oh, you got to sign for probably Rovers or Dundalk because everybody talks about really Rovers or Dundalk. If you go to somebody else, people don't really know about them so much. you know. So um, again, I'll still, I'll still speak to them, um, have a think about it and, and go from there, really. Are you hungry for you know football still? Yeah, yeah, massively. Uh, even now, I know I've been off three, four weeks, but 
when I was watching the Bray uh, the Rovers game. Want to get on the pitch? I want, yeah, yeah, and I don't even know any of the players or anything yeah. like that. You know, if there's a free kick, and I was thinking, well, where to put that and what I do with that, mm. and and just just you know, it is um, it's enjoyment as well. You know, um, competitive edge as well, and coming off the pitch with three points, and that's it's really why you got get into football in the first place. You know. And uh, uh, it's the years since I saw you play, but you were kind of a holding central midfielder, lovely left mm. foot. Have you changed your style at all over the years? No, because I can't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> were you a bit uh, like MacPhail? Yeah, we were talking about yeah. that earlier. Now he kind of gets on the ball and tries to dictate stuff. And I suppose um, with me, you know, I'm not going to be a quick winger who goes down the line, beat, beat somebody and score a lot of goals, you know. So uh, now I get in the ball and hopefully try to dic- dictate the game and, and go from there, really. Yeah, and your mates with Shane Sopel at Ipswich. Yeah, I live with Shane, yeah. Yeah, um, Shane, is, has, have you spoken to him? Because he's made a career change, obviously. He's back at Bowes now, seems really enjoying himself. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he's. I, I think Bowes are part-time at the minute. Mm-hmm. He gave me a phone call there the other day to see what I thought about going to Bowes. Because obviously played with him before. So Because they are part-time as well, so I, I don't know where that's going to go. So, um, but no, he's back playing. I'm, I'm glad for that, and he seems to... Got the got the buzz for it again, and I still think he's playing the gar as well. So fair play. Yeah. yeah, and is money a big consideration for you coming back? Because obviously it's not going to be what you were on in England. No, I think you got to get used to that. You know mm. what I mean? Type of way. It's not not the incentive at all for me. It's get back and just get, again getting the buzz for for uh, the three points on Saturday and try to achieve something really. And. Is your career almost like split by your time before Ipswich and your time after Ipswich? Obviously, the Roy Keane thing happened, or whatever, whatever happened there. Um, and he's how long we got? Yeah. Well, he, he's he's. We obviously had Stephen Elliott on the show a few times, and he's mentioned Roy in many many uh, different kind of ways yeah. about him in the dressing room. Um, maybe your style of play wasn't similar to his, or what was it? But your career, obviously, then you had to, re- I suppose you had to reform yourself after that because you were out of favour after leaving there. Yeah, it was a strange one. I always kind of got the impression that Roy really didn't want to play me and then sometimes he kind of had to play me because the team weren't really doing too well and and then if we did lose a game, I'd be the first one out. And But in fairness to him, when the season was coming around, I left to go to Crystal Palace. I was going to be in the starting eleven at the start of the season, and so that I kind of changed his mind and that and that uh, and that exchange. But I decided that uh, if things did go bad after a few games, and I thought I'd be the one to get dropped, so I'm better off going to Crystal Palace with a manager that I knew, uh, George Burley, who was at Ipswich before, and, and thought I'd have a uh, have a better chance of staying in the team. And thankfully, you know, that was the right move really at the time. Yeah, and were you unfairly treated? You know, did you feel that you you could have established yourself there if you'd been given a fair crack of the whip? Um, yeah, well, I suppose I could establish myself, but I was happy that I moved on. And you know, with Crystal Palace, we went on to achieve promotion. Mm. That was the aim. So, and you got to play in the Premier League. Yeah, I got to play in the Premier League. So I went and improved myself. Really, you know, people say, "Oh, well, you left it. You kind of failed because Roy was there." And I said, "Well, no, I went to another club and we got promoted." And Sure. And obviously Ipswich didn't. So And you did very well at Palace. Yeah, loved that loved that Palace. I had some really, really good uh, good players, top men, and you know, even now I still look at a lot of them and they're, they're going really well. Yeah, and did you, did you follow last year Dundalk in Europe at all? Did you watch any of those games? Um I think you'd you'd probably be surprised at how much the league has moved on in terms of the quality of the football. Uh yeah, obviously Dundalk have done unbelievable and I, I was gutted for them really, you know, I wanted them to get to the 
get to the uh, through to the Champions League stage, you know, because you know they give the uh, the teams over here a harsh time. You know, people don't really rate the league really, which is frustrating for the players, you know, and what they've achieved is is fantastic, you know, and especially with like there's not that many fans that go out and to do what they've done, it, it is remarkable really. And when do you decide now what happens for Owen Garvin? I don't know. I'm a very relaxed kind of person. Yeah. If somebody rings and say this club's here, and then I go, I'll think about it. But uh, over the next couple of weeks, probably I'd say two, three weeks, I'll, I'll really have to make a decision because you can't keep managers waiting. Mm. Do you know, uh, there's one or two managers that keep ringing me and say, "Will you make a decision?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm on my holidays. Gives a, gives a chance, and I can't play till the first July anyway. So uh, I'll get back to you when I can." You know. Yeah, and. I guess uh, is if you do move back, what what do you want to achieve? Like, do you want this to be a stopgap to move back to England, or do you want to establish yourself at home and what's a pretty good league and play in Europe or whatever? Let's uh, see how it goes. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah. I'm not saying I take every day as it comes. Yeah, because maybe if I do get back and and things are going really well, and I think I'm doing I'm I'm doing really well, I might get oh well, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll give it another crack in England. You know, but again, people think in England playing in England is glamorous you know what I mean oh, you must how was it that Colchester was that glamorous or uh, how was it like living in Ipswich and places yeah, like that it's, it, it's, it's not really and you know I think a lot of people do say you know you're finished early you know and a lot of time you're over there and you, you just want to play football but you can't play football all, like 24 hours a day and you enjoy it when you do play it but if you're finished at 1, 2 o'clock what lot, do you do well at Palace it was a lot it was a lot easier because you're in London so there's a lot of Lots of stuff, but if you're in Ipswich or in Colchester, there's not a lot really going on. Uh, and I know the whole thing. People say, "Oh, you can play golf," but there's only so much golf you can play, and you don't want, you can't do a lot of unprofessional stuff as well because mm. you want to do well on the pitch. So, so that's that's the frustrating thing, and that that with me because I was in League Two, I decided, well, you know what, if I come home, I'll be back with the family and I'd be a bit more happy and have a best of both worlds probably. Yeah, and uh, do you think you'd have to do gym work to get up to the physical nature of the game now? Because you even see players come back from England, and it's it's a very physical league, uh, and it's played at a fairly quick pace. Or do you have confidence in your own ability that you'll be fine? No, I, I, I'm confident in my own ability that things will go well, and like once I get back to speed, take me three, four more weeks, then then I'll be fine, really. You'll be grand, yeah. And is there any sense that like you've le- you've left? quite a few clubs kind of in a not ideal circumstances yeah. is, there, is there any like our uh, own Garvin if we sign him you know six months down the line we'll be getting rid of him because he'd be leaving over some reason or other yeah uh, or is that unfair yeah no I do think it's unfair I don't like I go in do my job and go home I don't cause any trouble in the change room I don't I, Are you talking I don't, I don't the pitch? on the pitch yeah, yeah but as soon as I go off the pitch I'm, I'm quite qu- I'm really quiet to be honest you know I just kind of want to do my job and go home and I think I've kind of got a bit unfair press over a few things, and I don't normally do a lot of these interviews, really. And maybe that's to my own downfall, really. That I have when people have said stuff about me, I haven't really come back and said, "Well, hold on a minute, mm-hmm. that's not true." Yeah, right of defense. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. And, and there's a few things that's gone on. People wrote a few things, and I was just like, "Well, it's, it's not the truth." But what can you do, really? So, if you do sign in the League of Ireland, we'll have seen like MacPhail, Stephen O'Donnell, yourself, these kind of cultured left-footed players and maybe the type of player that people like to come to see if, if somebody goes to see you playing for whether it's Limerick, Pats, Dundalk or whoever it might be uh, you've been linked with those clubs what, what are they going to see from Owen Garvin? Well hopefully somebody who can get in the ball and have a bit of composure who can as I again say dictate games and 
and hopefully if I am here, I can I can all add goals to me to my game. Do you know what I mean? At Crystal Palace, I kind of changed um, my position, kind of played off the front a little bit, and, and scored more goals. Well, scored more goals, more assists as well. Mm. Do you know, obviously, uh, wherever I've been, I've kind of I'm on free kicks and I'm on corners and stuff, like that. and just bring a kind of composure to to a team. You know. Would you be similar to Sean Williams, uh, who's done so well as, um, yeah. in England over there? And he's, he's had a great season, obviously getting uh, promoted as well. Yeah, I played with Sean yeah. when we were at uh, Millwall for a little time. And I, I was happy to see you know, Millwall get up. It was, a, it was a tense game and it was, a, it was a five minutes to go. I think mm. Morrison scored. So fair play to him. He's done really well. And again, he was, at, he was at a few clubs back in Ireland. He's kind of gone the other way. I'm coming, to, coming back, you know. But uh, no, he, he, he's had a good career again. Very good on the ball, composure, and, and he's, he's the top player. I suppose just let us know when you move and sure we'll be the first to report it. That's it, yeah. yeah thanks, <laughs> Elion. No worries. Thanks. Dame, I, I remember when years ago Liam O'Brien came back to the League of Ireland as this kind of midfielder who played at a very high level, but he was well past his best. Stephen McPhail, you could argue, he was like in his mid-30s he came back. There's something almost seismic or seminal about Owen Garvin at 29, given the talent that he had. Seemingly now deciding, I want to play in the League of Ireland rather than in League One. Now, this might tie into the fact that he wants to come home, but a player of that calibre, it has to be a good thing. I think it's brilliant. Um, more fellas like him we can get back. I think, when you're looking at the likes of Stephen McPhail when he came back, Stephen was probably 33, was he, when he came back? So he was, he was very much at the tail end of his career. If he can get fellas back around 29, 30, and I think careers are getting younger now. People are finishing up younger. It's more they are. money in the game. So, what, what age are you when you stopped playing, actually? I was actually 31 when I finished. Young? Yeah, so I, could, I probably could have kept going for a while, but just the way the league went and the personal circumstances, I decided to... to Did you... Because I'm not going to mention him yet again, but talking to Alan Cawley, he gave up because he was like, I'm, offered, I'm not being offered enough money to justify... He gave up because he was useless. Why did you give up? Uh, I gave up. I just had a kid, and I was actually full-time my whole career. Full-time your whole yeah, career? So up until my last year at Pats, and we went part-time. Uh, three months into the season, we went part-time. And I just I was started working, playing, and I'd been full-time all my career. And I was just like, I can't do all this. To add all in, I had a three-month-old as well. So I was just shattered. So I decided to just try something else. Do you still play ball? No. No, because I'm going to try and get on Garvin for a game of Astro. Um, but I might call you if he... Uh, turns it down because I like bringing lads onto the game like that were ex League of Ireland. Okay, when is it? Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Not tomorrow, next week. Okay, that suits me perfectly well. <laughs> I'll fob you off next week. <laughs> but to be honest, if Garvin comes, I think he probably will. Uh, I think he could potentially end up at Pats. Yeah, and if he does go to Pats, this could be the SOS save our season that they need. Um, because. Okay, I guess we just talk about the fixtures first and then we'll, we'll go to uh, Pats. Pats are at Rovers, um, which is a pretty intriguing game. Uh, but at the moment, it's very hard to see Anton other than a Rovers win. That's 8 p.m. Friday. Uh, Sligo versus Harps. Limerick Bray. Dundalk Cork. 7.25 for the TV game there. Derry Galway. Bowes Drogheda. And then in Division 1, uh, we have some interesting games also, uh, which... I guess we'll, we'll give us a bit more of a flavour as to who's going to win the league because Watford haven't gone away with it. Cabo against UCDs on Thursday, then Shells v Longford, Cove, Wexford, Athlone, Watford. I'd love to have Dan on because he likes to talk about uh, our little bickering at start season about yeah. Pats. But did you watch Rock Republic on Monday night? I did, yeah. Okay, so uh, it was a very interesting show because uh, their discussion on Pats, to me, uh, it, it definitely... 
gave a good advertisement of Richie Sadlier and Shuey Byrne as pundits because what they said was from the heart quite interesting you're you're saying it's an easy place to go Richie said I couldn't hear any of the players on the pitch actually talking at all and what is the issue with Pats at the moment because there there is a good there are good players there there are because you're looking at the players there they have a lot of experience there when you go through because you're thinking to yourself Pats are really struggling. Is it down to the youth that they've blood a lot of young players coming through? Now, there, there is some good young players in there and there's a couple of good strong young players coming through. But when I look at Ian Birmingham has been around for a long, long time. Uh, Gavin Pearce probably has over, I don't know, 300 appearances in the League of Ireland. Uh, Curtis Byrne has come in. Christy Fagan. These guys have been around. You Fagan know? was slated as well um, in the sense of his just his physique at the moment and, and how gingerly he looked. He just doesn't look fit. Uh, like I'm a huge fan of Christy Fagan and what shocked me was that he didn't go to a Dundalk this season. You know, he ended up signing a new contract the Pats. Um, but just he just doesn't look like an athlete at the moment. He's He's cumbersome. He he looks like he's carrying just that little bit extra uh, than he than he would have last season or the season before, but like going back to your point, Johnny, like I don't understand it because there is a good mix of experience in the dressing room, um, the ground there. Like I've been to four, four six games this, there this season, and just the atmosphere is really poor. You know, it's just I remember playing at Pats, and you can't have like midweek games there when you come out and you're kind of going, oh my god, there's no one here, mm. and you have to. Now, luckily enough, I was generally in a good side of Pats, so you're able to create a bit of atmosphere yourself. But when things aren't going well for you and that atmosphere is like that, it's you could see opposition teams coming out and rubbing their hands together and kind of going, we can really put one on them tonight. So, um, Where do you stand on Liam Buckley? Um, good question. Where do I stand on Liam Buckley? Uh, I think I would stick with him. I'm going to throw, I would stick with Liam because of the success that he has brought to that club. People will say, oh, he's too weak and too that, but he's won titles, he's won cups there. So I think Liam should be given the chance till the end of the season. And I'm going to put a bit of pressure on the players here. They need to get their act together. Along with Liam in terms of what, there's obviously something wrong in the dressing room here because, as I said, Lee Desmond there, Curtis Byrne, uh, they've got a good mix of young players coming through as well. So I think they have enough in there to stay up. You're confident they will stay up, aren't you? I, I'm not I'm not confident, but I, I think they will without being confident. We've talked about this. You couldn't say for definite one of these six teams will go down or stay up because it's so tight, but the Pats team, if they manage to bring in Garvin with Desmond's uh, behind him, probably three in midfield, Lunny and Markey, really talented players. Yeah, they've got they've good, young, good, good young players. Absolutely. Coming, yeah. um, I, I think their biggest problem, notwithstanding the maybe the issues with talkers in the pitch, is central midfield and probably the back four as well. Craig has been disappointed, hasn't he? I, I think he's been very yeah. disappointed. May, may, you know, may, maybe he's just not the player he was but it ha- it hasn't worked from yet the games I've seen anyway but if we were to predict between Rovers and Pats I'm going to go for a home win um, home, Rovers and Pats home win I'm going to go the opposite Dan oh no Dan's not here actually um, I remember this reminds me of a show when the States was like this uh, kind of sports show on uh, one of their sports radio channels and they're a really kind of belligerent presenter. So people would ring in and they'd, be, uh, they'd make a point with which he didn't agree. Um, and then what he would do is he'd go something like, uh, what do you expect me to say? And then he'd cut them off, right? But you wouldn't know they were cut off. So they had no way to reply. And, he, and he'd be like, uh, they signed him for a lot of money. So what? 
there'd be this silence. And it's, it's as if your man was dumbfounded that he couldn't answer, but they'd actually cut him off. And he'd do three or four more rhetorical <laughs> questions. Well, let's move on to the next guest, right? <laughs> he was brilliant. So Dan's not here, so we're going to beat him with the predictions this week. Sligo, Finn Harps, local derby. Um, Sligo, that's a really interesting one, isn't it? Particularly Finn Harps. Again, Ollie seems to just pull out results at home. I think they're going to struggle away from home, so I'm going to go Sligo Rovers there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a home win. I think Sligo could be a team to improve a bit, but Harps are going steady now, as Ollie, as Ollie they might are, say. Yeah, yeah. Lim- this is my absolute banker. My lock of the week, as they used to call it in The Simpsons. <laughs> and then they brought in this crude lock. Uh, Limerick to beat Bray at home. And Limerick are strongly linked with Garvin, but Garvin might want to stay in Dublin, so we'll yeah. see how that develops. I'm going to go... I actually think Bray will get a draw. You clearly weren't in Tala last night. Clearly wasn't, but I think there'll be a reaction. But you're also going on seasonal form rather than one game, which is fair enough. Yeah, I think they'll get a draw there. Okay, massive, massive home win uh, confidence for me here. Okay, let's let's go for Bose and Drogheda and Derry and Galway and then get to the big one. But Bose and Drogheda first? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think Bose, good form at the moment, able to pull together a few results, so I, I'm going to go with Bose there. Uh, I might go with a draw, uh, but could easily be a uh, home win. Derry versus Galway United. I, I think we might nick something here. I saw Derry against Dundalk last week. Terrific. Didn't score. Didn't score in Drogheda. And uh, we drew actually nil all against them as well in our last game. First trip to Buncrana. Unfortunately, my sister decided that she'd be born 30 years ago this weekend, so I can't make the game. And the novelty of Buncrana ain't going to happen for me. Were you ever up there? No. Um, would love to go. I think I fancy uh, Derry. I think they'll, they'll, they're just starting to pull things together defensively. They're getting things right again. I think they've got too many good players in that team not to score goals. So I think they've getting defensively get things right and then... I fancied them to, to get a win there and kick on. Should we try to get Dan on the show for Dundalk Cork? We? Should we give it a go? No? No. Okay, let's have a prediction then. Dundalk Cork. Dundalk Cork. How is this going to go, Demo? Um, I think it's going to be a draw. Boring prediction. Uh, I think Cork... What, Cork what, is it going to be a one-all, a nil-all, a two-all? Uh, I think it'll be something like a score draw I think it'll be a score draw you, I know we were chatting earlier off air about it you were saying that Cork will have a tendency to sit defensively if as the game goes on if, I think if the right will. result is there they don't have to lose but I don't think they have the side that can actually sit there defensively I think they've, the way they've set up now with their attacking three and their midfielders they're quite attacking I don't think they can set up as a defensive side so I would fancy a draw for in, in that game maybe one all. I think it's going to be intriguing uh, because the games between the good sides generally this season have been really good. Uh, I fancy Dundalk to win this game on the basis that they absolutely have to win the game. I think uh, Kenny will have them really roiled up for it. I think he really will. I think it's. I I still think there's some left in the league. I, people are you, saying yeah, it's you, over. You, you don't think it's over? No, I don't. I just when you look at their at Cork, possibly could t- lose two of their best players this season halfway through. Two. Yeah, I think the centre back uh, Delaney. Delaney he could go back. Uh, he's having a great form. Um, if you lose a centre-back and you're the guy who's scoring goals for you, that's obviously a massive problem for you. Um, I think if they lose this game and then wobble on one or two others, it can come back to it. They've European football to come up Europe as well. Europe could be a big distraction. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and It's great for them. They've such a big gap there. Chatting earlier to someone else, they're saying Dundalk won't pull together 8-10 results in a row to win. But I, I, I just fancy you can't write Stephen Kenny off. No, I, I, I think that that is a big point. Though. It's, watching Dundalk, it's kind of hard enough to see them winning all these games. Um, 
Cork will lose uh, the boy Maguire. Um, be interesting but, to see could they do something with that that they lose him but get him back till the end of the season or something or would he like to play in Europe as well maybe you know that, I think that's a big motivation for that Cork team this season yeah it it is but the motivation should be to win the league I, I people are getting like last see, last don't get year sidetracked. don't get sidetracked if they get knocked out first round in European football this year obviously we'll all be disappointed and that's disappointing for the league and that. Cork need to go and win the league this year. That's but their number one priority above everything else. As a player, like, did you not really look forward to those? Ah, uh, yeah, no. Everything I look back at now is my European games. Isn't, like, that the, isn't that the point? Yeah, like, I was lucky enough to play in quite a few of the European games. I think of the stadiums. Got to play in the Olympic Stadium in Berlin. Uh, played over, you know. Some I was games. actually at that game. Yeah, went oh, yeah. to the Junkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great game. Uh, like, I don't remember uh, you playing, actually. I had a storm that night. Had you? Yeah. Fats played well. He did. He was brilliant. Brilliant in the RDS game. Yeah, great in the RDS game. We were unlucky in the RDS game as well. I think we he, played. He very was well. almost signed for Birmingham on the back of that performance by Big Ek. Well, that's like, what they say. Yeah. How that, did you, that, how, how did you play in Berlin? It's not like you to bring up your career, of course. Of course, it's not like me to bring up my career. Uh, I did. I did well. Great game. <laughs> we need to get Dan on. We need we need to get Dan on the show for some sense of balance here. Um, no, I remember playing over there. They had some uh, Varan was up front and Varan. Yeah. Think of these lads ridiculously booed in the RDS. I was so yeah, disgusted. But they, and they had Raphael in the middle of the park as well. So like to your point, it, it as a player, it was always around Europe. So I think I ended up playing in Europe most years, which was really lucky to do. Um, but Cork just need to focus on winning the league. That's like John Caulfield. Out of everything, just focus on win the league. They do that, they can kick on next year in European football. Are they better than Dundalk last year? Not yet. They're not. No, I think it's a, it's not even a, a good comparison. I don't need like it doesn't make sense to me. They, Thank you for calling Patrick Grand Central Hotel. This Jan is how can I help you? Hi, I'm actually looking for one of your guests, Daniel McDonald. Oh, okay, give me one moment, sir. Sure. Checked in. Uh, I hope so, yeah. He's over there. We're actually ringing you from a podcast here in Ireland, uh, LOI Weekly, and he's over there to cover uh, a soccer game, as you would call it. I think he's in room 613. All right, bear with me one moment already. That's fine. All right. Got a bit of all righty there. All right. I haven't heard that in a while. Did you put on an American accent when you were doing the room number? I don't think so. Did you? Hello? You sound very hungover there, Dan. Sound very hungover at all. You're on the podcast here, by the way. I know, I know. No, Daniel, I'm, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Johnny. It's just good to hear your voice. We have it's a special guest here. It's, yeah, it's not Owen Garvin. It's Damien Lynch. How are you, Dan? How's things? Good, good. I'm, I'm missing you guys, obviously. Um, I've been thinking about you a lot, mm-hmm. sort of in the last hour. Really? But, um, no. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I was wondering when you were going to call, really, because you know, obviously, I should be out and about and exploring the streets of New York. Um, but I mean, I still, I just couldn't let it go. I still have to be part of the show. Apparently, you know, so. your uh, your jukebox performance was a disgrace last night. You have an amazing inability to eat ninety nines, uh, but an, another inability to uh, deal with the fire in any way. I was told. Right. That yeah. sounds like you've been uh, fed bogus information by somebody, to be honest. Fake news. Um, Fake news. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's extremely odd. I mean, there might have been a jukebox in use last night, all right, but, uh, no, it's, it's high bare material. It's high bare material. Um, getting getting uh, the boy Garvin on the show was a coup, and he will be a coup if somebody signs him, won't he? Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, he... I, 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 so, so there's an element of... 
disappointment in, in terms of how maybe his career in England panned out, given that, you know, it's, I mean, at 17, you know, I remember him playing in the first team at Ipswich, I think it was Joe Royal, but even Portman at the time, and you're thinking, this guy is going to be a serious player, and um, just didn't work out for whatever reason, and probably, you know, someone who maybe didn't benefit from working with Roy Keane at the time that he did um, in, in his career, maybe, but um, yeah, like still 29, you know, still only 29, and it's, I mean, it's, it can it can be difficult for lads coming home even just to adjust to it sometimes. But I think even we've seen with Connor Clifford this year, um, you know, a lot of talk about, about Connor, and I think he's just settling in. I think he'll be fine in time actually, but I I just think it's 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 an adjustment process from being away for so long and then all of a sudden coming into the league, it can be wrong to maybe expect too much too soon sometimes. But um, I mean, very comfortable on the ball. Uh, got a lot going for him as a player and I think he'd be a serious asset to any club if they if they could get him right. Where do you think he might go? I don't know. I mean I, I know obviously the the clubs that have been mentioned, um I'm sort of um, I don't know if you spoke to him specifically about it, but um you know, the likes of Limerick and Pats and I think Bray were mentioned too. Um I suppose and you know, I think every to be honest, you know, I think any club sort of with uh you know, with the budget to do it, would be interested in it. Um, it's sort of hard to predict where someone may end up. Um, I, I guess. Where did you end up last the, night, actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, I'd, I'd like to think that it sort of ends slightly better for Owen. Um, okay. You know, Pat. Maybe you're just going to leave it at that, are you? Yeah. No, I think if Pat's, if, if Pat's, you know, if the clubs that are in a bit of bother, um, you know, when the window opens. I think there's always going to be a temptation there to, to splash out and try and bring someone in um, who can try and turn things around. I think we'll see quite a bit of movement in, in this July window, which we don't maybe always see. Mm. Um, but I think the circumstances clubs are in this time might, might change it. Dame, would you have anything to ask, Dan, before we get to Dundalk Cork? I just want to know what happened last night. He, yeah. he kind of sidestepped that, didn't he? he? Dan is engaged at the moment, so okay. uh, I don't think anything happened. We'll move night. on. We'll move on. What happened last no. night, Dan? No, no, no. Listen, it was all good. I mean, you know, I got the work done and decided to step out for an evening stroll. And, um, you know, okay. we had a good time. Probably, now, should, probably should move on. Damo uh, has brought up uh, a few controversial points on his, on his time in the show, and he doesn't think the league is over. And now, if that's the case, then Doc must win on Friday. Oh, they have to. Um, I, you know, there's... There is reason to believe. There's an argument that can be constructed for saying that the league's not over. Um, but I think they all involved in Dolphy and Cork in the two remaining games um, that they played this season. If, if that doesn't happen, um, it's going to be a struggle. And, and I, I sort of wonder if, if Cork managed to get through this game this week without losing, uh, do we then start to speak about the prospect of a team going through the season unbeaten, which... Good I mean, point. it maybe sounds a bit ludicrous, but we're now at the halfway point. So, you know, if they've made it this far, you have to start thinking about it. Um, I, 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 look, I, I thought they were good last week, I have to say, against Rovers. I was impressed by them uh, just in terms of how they responded to going um, behind in the match. And you think, OK, a great goal out of the blue almost. Uh, it can knock a team and, and the, you know, they, they think they'd almost struggle and sort of, you know, get in a half-time behind and try and regroup, but they were straight on it themselves. Even just, just little details, just, you know, 
ball goes out for a sort of a goal kick and they're racing behind and getting it and uh, giving it back. And it's almost a case of there's just that real urgency and determination and sort of incessant nature that sort of, you know, their manager sort of embodies it in terms of his sideline demeanour. Yeah. And they ended up steamrolling Rovers. Now they were helped by a bit of a crazy tackle as well, but still. Um, and we spoke to Caulfield as well and um, we, we couldn't really get a definite answer on the big issues um, such as did Dunleavy actually get a girlfriend yet? But you spoke to him after the game. I spoke to him last week. I mean, I just had a chat with him. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's. I'm not sure if he'll ever come on the podcast again. Okay. Um, another one that's, down. That's, another that's, one down, Johnny. That's the result we're going for by interviewing people, I suppose. He did. He did just say your name uh, in, in a manner which I wouldn't have said was entirely complimentary in terms of the word that came before it. How do you call um, Dundalk and Cork? Um. You know, I, I just have this feeling that this game might be a draw. Um, as much as I, like, there's a, a, you know, it's a game Dundalk have to win. It's a must win. Um, you, you can see why they might feel their season's on the line. And there have been times in the last couple of years where they've played Cork and Oriel or they've played teams in that circumstances and they've delivered. Um, I just, I just don't think Dundalk can avoid conceding in the game. I just think that although they've had a good run of clean sheets the last four games, and that has been significant, I still feel that Cork are capable of scoring in the match just with just how they're working as an operation at the moment. And I, I feel that a draw is, is possible. I'm just hoping at this stage that I'll actually be able to see it because I'm just going to be in the airport. Yeah. Find, trying to find some kind of... Uh, I'm sure there'll be some very perfectly legal means by which to watch the game. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on to you off air about a few very illegal means, but your friendly situation over there, what are you expecting from Ireland? Is there anything to be gleaned from it or are you just going to have another ice cream? Yeah, and I haven't had an ice cream yet. Um, but I mean, I've heard they're good for hangovers. Um, so, uh, I don't know really about the game in terms of how relevant it's going to be. Um, I guess, you know, in terms of our parish... Um, you know, there's, you'd like to think that sort of Boyle and, and Horgan would be involved at some stage, and also, um, you know, a few other ex League of Ireland boys here of varying ages between Darren Murphy and Wes. And there's just a sort of a dual purpose. I think speaking to Martin O'Neill, certainly, um, he's really more so concerned about the fitness of, of players and not actually about the results. Uh, the fact that they haven't even brought a recognised left back with them. I mean, Matt Doherty, ex-Bowes, was actually cut from the squad and he's just decided to go without him because, really, he's, he's more so looking at the Austria match uh, and he just wants to get minutes for, for certain players, really. And Ireland are probably going to play a 3-5-2 formation um, for the first time under O'Neill in terms of from the start of a match, uh, but I couldn't really see him doing that against Austria. So in terms of the, the benefit of it, um, you know, it's it's... Uh, it's, it's a good chance for players who haven't played since April or, or March in the case of Shane Duffy to get on the pitch but in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. Any, whatever anyway <laughs> Liverpool are playing Bilbao well, that's the friendly I want to ask you about you looking forward to that August 5th? oh I can't wait Johnny I'm, I'm Damo? Yeah, I, I I know we were chatting about it earlier and there's a bit of stick around that the FAI promoting this at the wrong time I I I look at it from a business perspective. It's making the FBI money. How can they not? And Dan? The League of Ireland isn't pulling in the money for them, so they have to do this. Lucky Dan's not here. Dan, what do you make of that? Damo is a bottom line kind of guy. You know? <laughs> I am. Bottom, bottom line kind of guy. Like, w- Works yeah, for Google. 
you kind of have to like how can you criticize the FA for this they're trying to make some money I guess obviously there's there's uh, logistics around European fixtures and stuff like that that'll be sorted out if things happen the games can be moved or whatever and the FAI will step in but I don't see how we can criticize the FAI for just promoting one game I would criticize them for not promoting the league in general from the start of the season all the way through and you either do it properly from the start and, and continuously do it uh, or you don't deal with them, and yeah. I, I don't see how this one fixture is a, a standout uh, that we should we should be sort of kicking up over. To, to be fair, to be fair, Dave, like I, know, I sort of made the point last week. You know, we will analyze the FEI finances and um, and ask why things aren't going well, and really like deliver the deliver for a game. I don't have, you know, it wouldn't be for me in terms of something I'd like to go to, um, but I wouldn't really have that much of a problem. You know, with it, uh, I was uh, the other one was more frustrating the the game on the Wednesday because uh, naturally they could have the prospect of a Champions League clash. And I think also the Liverpool game, though. I mean, we think a couple of years back there was the time that Limerick wanted to try and play Barcelona, and uh, at the time the FAI objected strongly. And I think one of the arguments that they put forward uh, was a clash with League of Ireland fixtures, which was sort of laughable uh, at that stage. Um, I think there probably are a couple of League of Ireland fixtures scheduled for that Saturday when we arrange the game. So really, it's the consistency of the arguments across the years that um, I think we all know what's going on. The FBI need money, ultimately, because they've got a you know, debt to, to service. Uh, and just sometimes it can be frustrating when it's portrayed as something else, um, when you know, we, know, we know what it's all about, really. Um, but you'd like to see you know, some kind of promotion of league games around it. Um, yeah, you know that that's the, the, there can be an opportunity with that if you're getting customers in, but sometimes it's not done in a very convincing way. And is your is your trip to New York just kind of a ruse so that you can go to Tiffany's? To where? I've no, I've never been. I've never mm. been. That answers no. that question. Que- no, Quive, no, if no. you're listening <laughs> in. It's, no, it's, it's an insight into uh, it's an insight into what you do on your trips to New York, though, because you've yeah. been over here quite a bit. Well, I certainly haven't been buying engagement rings, Dan. No, no, no. Well, I don't think. I mean, like if we talk about, you know, we've talked about Johnny Dunleavy's love life on the show. We've never really addressed your turbulent one. No, well, um, we only have an hour. And in fairness, the Johnny versus Johnny quest for a bird, as it is, is going to go on. Uh, but we're going to update you week on week. Um, and you'll be how's back your week, for the. How's, how's your week gone in that regard? I, I Good to talk to you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your trip, and thanks for taking the call. And say hello to the receptionist. What's her name again? I will. Sandy or Cindy or something, I don't know. Okay, I'll pass my regard. Bye-bye. Take it easy, Dan. Cheers, lad. Sounds fairly, he sounds relatively fresh, albeit he was on about ice cream being good for hangover. And he stuff. started off slow, didn't he? He was just a bit, mm. bit, bit ropey at the start, but he, he picked up as he went on. Uh, so it's good to have you on again, actually. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I was probably a bit harsh on Alan Cawley earlier. I was probably a harsh yeah, no, on don't, No, 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 don't retract. No, I will, I will. I, I played with Alan for a while, so uh, it's... It, yeah, I was probably slightly harsh on him. Not too harsh, but I was probably slightly harsh. I saw uh, connections of certain clubs giving him a bit of uh, the eyes last night. Wouldn't really talk to him because he does speak his mind. And I was at the game with uh, Gary Shaw's father, Sandy, who's like the assistant handicapper in jumps in Ireland in racing. And uh, he had a dig at him that he had a go at Gary, but they had a good chat and... Uh, Alan was like, I, I'm not being personal. I'm just calling it as I see it. Ah, yeah, and, and you ha- Gary you have got a goal as well. Yeah, you have to do that. You have to call it as you see it. I think, nah, listen, he, he was a decent player, Alan, but uh, probably thought he was slightly better than he was. Are Pat's going to get relegated? Uh, no. I, I would agree. Um, I don't know who's going to finish below them, though. Mm. Possibly 
if you start naming them now... Lots of twists and turns ahead. Yeah, it's difficult to, to say who will finish below them, but I just think they'll manage to pull it out somehow. Thanks very much for listening to week 15, uh, a Danless podcast. And I've actually no idea what's going to happen on next week's show. So you're just going to have to follow us on Twitter. Um, but I hope that Owen Garvin may have secured a club at that stage because uh, I think that would be a coup that most people wouldn't appreciate because he hasn't played at a really decent level, I suppose, in England for uh, quite some time. But uh, we'll be on the old uh, Snapchat as well. And we're obviously on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundClouds and iTunes. And with the summer break upcoming, we're not really sure what we're going to do. But we'll find some sort of fun next week. The and Love Life fun maybe next week? Could that, be, could that be a focus? We could do a, with the summer break, focus on your life in general, do a general review. And do you want to come in? Yeah, I'd be up for that, yeah. How did you pull your miss? Um, Can you just, ne- just... Next week? Okay. <laughs> okay, he wants to be on the show next week. Um, we might get Ollie Horgan on as well, just for no reason whatsoever, just because he's such a legend. Thanks for listening.